everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Hospitality MD. Today, I have the pleasure of sitting down with Lene Lavoie. I should say Dr. Lene Lavoie. <laughs> Thank you so much for sitting down with me today. Absolutely. Happy to be here. Thank you. Um, so you you are a professor, you're director of the Madison Area Technical College, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm the program director for the hospitality management program. So I oversee all of the hospitality management students and I teach the core five um, hospitality programs. And in that, um, two of those classes are requirements for the culinary arts students. Okay. So I guess like to be, um, you know, a, a professor in in hospitality and to lead a program like that, you have the opportunity to influence quite a bit because you have so many fresh, eager, green, you know, um, students who are ready to learn and to be a part of the program, or maybe even people who have absolutely no idea what they want to do. And you can, you know, have them as being in your classes as an opportunity for them to explore, um, the possibility for a passion for, for hospitality. Uh, what does that kind of responsibility mean to you? Um, well, that's a loaded question. <laughs> so um, here at Madison Area Technical College, <laughs> we have students ranging from high schoolers taking dual credit classes all the way up to you know 60-somethings who maybe have been in industry or another industry for 20, 30, 40 years and decided they want to make a switch. So um, we have students who are homeless all the way up to students who have their doctorates and are coming back for some element of education that they want or need. We have students who are veterans. We have students who are single parents. Um, we have students who are incarcerated taking programs. So one of the greatest gifts of my job and what I love about the work here is that I get to meet each student where he or she is at in that moment, which sometimes can change from week to week depending on the situation. Um, oftentimes I feel like I'm not actually, I mean, I'm teaching them obviously the curriculum, but what I'm really doing is seeing them as a whole person and being able to help them find resources and emergency funding and mental health care and get their flu shot and just all of it. So um, it's, it really makes it, amazing for me to work here. Like I don't tell my provost this, but sometimes I can't believe she pays me to do this work because I love it. But trust me, I like to pay too. <laughs> I don't want to work for free, but I'm just so happy that I get to do this job. I don't take for granted how much my students need me to, to see what's going on in their life just as much as we're working on like a case study. Well, and um the way that you're describing your role as an educator um, and the way that you approach your students is very reminiscent of the way that I would describe my relationship with my guests, um, you know, being uh, working directly in, in hotels and hospitality, um, you know, being able to try and see them for the whole person as best you can, yeah. whether their needs change on a daily or weekly basis. Um, and they need in that moment because it's different for every other person. Uh, I think your sentiment really echoes that of uh, rooted in hospitality for sure. Um, yeah, and it's yeah. and it's no doubt, uh, given what you just said, that you've gone on to be so influential in in your community. Um, now you're reaching out with your own podcast, um, mm -hmm. and in addition to that, you've won so many awards as well for for your work. Um, why do you think you've been so successful in this niche of hospitality? Um, I think number one, I really believe in what we do. Like having kind of my mom a long time ago when I was trying to figure out what to do in my first uh, years of college, she's like, go work in a hotel. You love people. And I didn't really know what that meant until I started working in the hotel. And I was blessed with some really lucky, amazing leaders that took me under their wing and saw something in me. And Hospitality is so fun. It has its days where you're like, why did I not become an engineer? <laughs> like the that For the most part, the ability to like insert yourself into someone's moment and hopefully make it a 
easier stay, a better stay, have some sort of impact on it is, it's really an honorable thing to do. And so because I love it so much, it makes it easy for me to teach it because in this community college, no one's forcing these students to be here. They're here because they know that this degree will help them get somewhere down their path. So they really take what we say in the classroom and out in industry with, um, with a lot of heart. And so it's, I think it's weird for me because people are, are sometimes mention my awards, my friends like to talk about that. And I think it's just because when you love what you do, like it's just so easy to do it. You know, it's just so, it's like, I don't wanna disappoint anyone. I want everybody to reach and see the potential in them that I see. So I am constantly trying to help students in whatever way it is. And sometimes it has nothing to do with the classroom. And sometimes, it, you know, we're in week two right now of the spring semester. And I'm already like, hey, people, some of you haven't logged into our class yet. Got to show up to do okay. You know, like just gentle nudges. So it's almost like <laughs> parenting. Education is like parenting and psychology. And because of my roots in hospitality, I think it just helps make it easier. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, I guess depending on the environment, because um, I know like it's something that we've recently been kind of talking more about on Hospitality MD, and I think something that I've become increasingly passionate about is kind of that um, corporate culture in hotels and how mm -hmm. that can be, uh, you know, maybe sometimes a detriment to hospitality. Um, and I, I feel like, maybe that same thing can exist within universities as well, institutions that are rigid with with structure, rigid with, um, you know, different policies and, and whatnot. Uh, and perhaps your leadership style could be almost a challenge to that sort of um, structure that exists, you know, where basically the only thing you're required to do is teach the curriculum. Has that ever been a challenge for you at any point in your career, whether it's been in education uh, or elsewhere, where your leadership style has been a challenge um, in any way? So definitely not here at Madison College. And I like I tell everybody, I feel that this community college is the best place on the planet, but certainly in the state of Wisconsin. Um, you're here. We are encouraged to help our students succeed and we can ask for emergency funding to help them. We can walk them down and have them get, um, you know, uh, there's a lot of mental health issues that students are, are maybe stressed out about, or they need to just talk to somebody or they need um, some assistance financially. And so we're encouraged to walk students into our support services and, and help them with that. So that part becomes super easy. I do agree with you that we have to change the culture that is in the corporate world. And I think there's so many people that are making awesome strides. Organizations are starting to finally focus on, you know, the whole employee and that it can't just be seven to three and three to 11 and overnight. You can't just work these dates. So people are starting to make some cool changes and being innovative and working around the other roles that people have in their lives. And I think that needs to continue. And I also think it just needs to happen globally. Like we need to just be better hospitality experience to everybody. Like, you know, you see somebody in the street and they drop something. Why do we walk past them? Why do we not just take a half second and pick it up, you know? And so I think as a world, if we can all make tiny changes, you're right. We'll see it in education. We'll see it in industry. We'll see it with each other. Just today, well, I don't mean to toot my own horn. It may, this may sound like I'm tooting my own horn, but I last week was week one of the <laughs> class we created called Mindset for Success. And one of the things the students have to do is perform three acts of ran three random acts of kindness and then talk about how that person felt and then how they felt. Because we talk about how doing these things actually is a feel good for yourself. Your endorphins get going and the dopamine starts flowing. Um, and so when today I was going to do a little like week one summary and I was down at college getting something to eat. And there's this gentleman named Kenny, who is one of our lead custodians who keeps this place like pristine regardless of how some people can like not. <laughs> he's always just, he's got a smile on his face. So I bought his chicken and it was like $5. And he walked out of there like, oh my God, Lene just bought my lunch. This is a good day. And it was funny because then I walked out of there like, I'm so amazing. I just made Kenny's day. <laughs> and I didn't mean <laughs> to, I was just, you know, 
So it's all these little things that if we start looking out for each other, I think that make a difference. And that same thing exists in, you know, in industry. I remember a time where maybe I am pretty introverted, but I'm also very um, personal in, in relationships. And I did work for an organization one time that didn't embrace that. And so I was seen as maybe being not focused enough on the work and too focused on my team. And I knew almost immediately I couldn't be in that culture anymore because if I see a fellow employee that's having a bad day, why can't I give them a break? Like, hey, go take a walk for 10 minutes, let me do this. So, um, so I've been in that organization and that culture before, which is why I do not take lightly the environment that's here at the college and even the partners that I have in industry where I send students. I can tell you um, who has an amazing culture in the Madison area and who has some work to do yet. And all of it is okay. I, I think that's um, that's great sentiment, um, you know, for a few reasons. Uh, number one, what you said about just every contribution and random acts of kindness, actually, it, it echoes um, what I, last week uh, I interviewed my grandma on the Aww, show. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and that was one of my, yeah. And you know what? She's like this sweet Italian lady, like so hospitable like one of the most hospitable people i've ever known and that was one of her her tidbits was um and i've heard this my whole life and even my mom ingrained that into me through my grandma i, I recently found out but doing random acts of kindness without any expectation of of anything in return and yeah. you know maybe don't even tell anybody you did it, but just keep doing random acts of kindness. And that's how you change the world, really. That's how you change someone's day, which I believe is a ripple effect, I think, as you do. And um, when it comes to kind of the world, and then that also translates into the organizations as well, which is a huge part of everybody's everybody's lives and everything. Um, so your, your overall philosophy, the what you do is very very rooted in hospitality i want to take you back as far as you can remember i ask this question to every single person that we interview and i think it's my favorite question tell me about the first time you can remember feeling hospitality first time you remember it uh, sticking with you making an impact kyle that's a great question um well i think my mom, who's no longer here with us, she passed away from ELS about almost seven years ago now, but this is, she breathed this stuff. My mother would do the kindest things to people for just no reason at all. Um, one of my favorite stories about her is the first house we grew up in. And I was pretty young at the time, but I specifically remember her being on the phone, calling the farmer up where she had just taken the cabbages. So I'll stick with me on this and saying that she had just taken all these cabbages the night before um, out of his farm and she wanted to pay for them, but she wanted them to know that she put one on each of the doorsteps around people's homes. So they would wake up and find this cabbage because she thought it was cute. It, but she took them without, <laughs> without asking. And so the farmer was like, always called her then the cabbage patch girl, which is funny because I grew up with a cabbage patch kid. So I just remember people would say like, that's something Diana would do. She'd go grab that cabbage and take it right from the farmer and give it to you. And times are tough, blah, blah, blah. So that's just, I grew up, like, look for ways to help others. Um, I'm trying to, while I was telling that story, it's also simultaneously trying to rack my brain around first time I felt hospitality. Um, I guess it would be in, in it was, I don't know if this is hospitality or not, but the first time I really felt as a young person when somebody went out of their way for me was a teacher named Carolyn Hauser, who quite frankly, grade school came super easy for me, but I, I didn't develop any study habits. I didn't have to worry about critical thinking. I just kind of knew what to do and how to make teachers happy until I got into Carolyn Hauser's uh, English class in high school. And she would take out literally her red pen and mark up everything I turned in and I'd get these horrible grades. And I re didn't realize until college that she was actually helping me to become a better um, learner by not just making it easy for me and saying, oh, okay, Lene's a good student, so we'll just let this one slide. She was pushing me to be a better writer and a better um, 
critical thinker and a better researcher. And so I, I owe a lot of my teaching methods in terms of helping people see possibilities, but also just that sort of grit of not just keeping it easy from people for her. So not a super, I guess it's sort of hospitality, right? Since this is an educator kind of way. Yeah, I have tons of stories though, Kyle, of- I think that works. Have, and yeah. if it came to mind, you know, sorry, go ahead. You have tons of stories no, about I was just people gonna say, who- I have tons of stories of people in the Madison area who have like gone out of their way to make things special. Um, a very recent one is that we were um, celebrating my husband's and my 10th year anniversary a few years ago, and we were at, um, a restaurant called Cento in downtown Madison. And a student of mine worked there in a, like a workforce industry class that I was taking or teaching. And um, I had said, mentioned in this seminar class that I was looking for a place to go that was a nice restaurant, but I also wanted to bring our kids in because we have twins that are 10 and a daughter that's 11. And so they were probably like eight and nine at the time. And I said, but I kind of, I want, like, they're very well-behaved kids. So I don't want to just go to Denny's. I want to go like someplace nice. And he said, well, come into our restaurant. We'll get a table for you. It's Italian food. What kid doesn't like pasta? Well, when we walked in, um, they had actually, they were walking us all the way to the back. And I was like, dude, you don't have to put us in the back. But when I found out they were taking us to chef's table and they made this incredible meal, they made all these like off the menu, fun things for my kids, including like cantaloupe boat that looked like pirate ship and sweet potato fries with um, tons of different uh, sauces that the kids might enjoy. At the time I was vegetarian. So he made me like my own special dish. It just the whole night they kept doing like little tiny things that made me think when we make people feel special, they talk about this all the time. And I've been telling this story about Cento and chef Chris for, you know, three years now, because it's just, it's, those tiny details and they don't take a lot of work, but they resonate, which is awesome. Well, um, first of all, that sounds like a great experience. Like mm -hmm. I was visualizing like this, like, yeah, I mean, you painted a great picture and, and uh, it sounds to me like you got, you know, treated with a level of hospitality that is not, um, maybe not standard for most places. And I think that's um, kind of part of the, the change in society that, that um, I think needs to happen. I think it's a good, I think it's a good time for it to happen as well, but it's, it's that making others feel good and important. And it, it just, that moment is there forever. Like it, it nobody remembers when, they went to the restaurant and their meal was absolutely spot on perfect. They ordered off the menu. It was great. The server was very pleasant and friendly and the restaurant was very clean. You're not going to remember that forever, even though everything was perfect. Right. You, you're going to remember when somebody went out of their way to make you feel valued and important. I yep. think that's exactly what they did for you that day. Yeah, totally. And do you think that, um, do you think that has, has a, a, a lot to do with your role in the hospitality community in Madison? Um, or is that something that um, the restaurant that they, they do uh, like regularly, and that's kind of something they subscribe to? I think it was probably a bit of both. Um, you know, I don't know if they do that for other people. They're part of a restaurant chain called Food Fight or restaurant group called Food Fight Restaurant Group. And they this restaurant group actually has a director of hospitality who's a dear friend of mine. And she um, very much ingrains this into the culture of one experience, one customer, one moment at a time. So I would not be surprised if we were like guest number 78 that had that happen that week. Um, but I do think that it's important to recognize that those moments are memorable. And so, you know, the other piece to that is that when we got home that night or maybe the next morning, I had all the kids write a thank you card to him and my husband and I signed it, sent it off to the chef and to the general manager, one for each, because I want them to know that it matters. And um, so I think sending those little notes of gratitude become really important because we sure hear when things don't go well <laughs> in whatever industry. But when we 
things go right, mm -hmm. it's nice when people take a moment and just reiterate that so that you go, okay, this is why I work so hard on this because it matters, it makes a difference. Well, and I think that's um, like, I, I love that. And I just kind of, you made me think about, about being a, being a guest yourself being a, a good guest requires a level of hospitality in and of itself. It's not always just one way. It's a symbiotic type of relationship. Totally. You had a great experience. They deserve to be recognized. Yeah, they, they certainly deserve to be. <laughs> well, and you kind of and hope I that think... they go, I'll, I'll repeat that. Like, Oh, that made Lene and her family feel good. I want to make other people feel that way. So, you, you know, it reinforces like this high five culture. <laughs> Right. And it's almost like um, you're holding your friends accountable for that diet that they said they were going to go on or something yeah. like that. Right, you know, right. like we, we said we, were gonna, we said we were really passionate about hospitality. Well, hey, like I saw you do that. Great job. You know, like I think that's how you maintain that mm -hmm. culture shift and, and um, you know, keep because, you know, the for example, the director of hospitality at the restaurant group can um certainly kind of reiterate to everybody time and time again, show examples about making it about one guest each and every moment. It's great, but we are all human beings. We've all been like, I think we've all been burned out at one point or another oh. from our, from our time in reality. And um, sometimes it just takes one or two guests to show you that you made an impact that really just lights your fire again. Yeah. Um, and I think that was great what you did for them. Um, so I want to I want to talk to you a little bit about, you know, more about your relationship with your students, because that sounded to me like that was something that was really, really special to you and something that you seems to be a central focal point for your your current role in your career right now. Um, tell me a story about the most memorable student you ever had. Oh, I, I, it's hard for me to pick because they're each memorable to me in their, their own ways. Um, I have a, a student right now named Darrell who is um, completing some online classes. He is such a fun cat. He's just, he wants to do his own clothing line. He wants to own his own hotel. Um, he just has so many dreams and he, he always calls me Miss Lene. Like he says, my mom would be so mad if I just called you Lene, Miss Lene. And he Facebook messaged me when he has questions <laughs> and he comes up to see me all the time. And we're always giving each other a hug. And then in my drawer, we have 40% of students who don't eat. And I'm not saying it's Darrell. I don't know if he has a problem eating or not. Um, but I'm with every student that comes in, I always open the drawer and say, Hey, do you want to join me in a bar? I pick him up at Costco or Target or whatever. And Usually I never eat mine. I just give that to them when they're leaving and say, oh, I didn't get to mine. Why don't you take this one too? And we just, you know, shoot stories around. I check in on him, see how he's doing. So I love Darrell um, because he, he is just this young kid that started in college, actually in high school, taking some like middle college classes. And he's just flourishing because he's finally believing in himself where maybe, maybe he didn't always believe in himself. And then I have a student, um, people have heard this story before, and I actually interviewed her for my podcast, but her name is Carolyn Kozabucki. And Carolyn, um, at 19... Yes, you got her last... Yes, yes. She never thought she would go back to school. And she had some just yucky things happen in her life, stories that you and I would be like, I don't, I can't imagine. And yet now she's a 4.0 student. She's on National Honor Society. She just co-assisted um, with the alternative break for the college. She's just, everything she touches now turns to gold because she works so hard at it. And she doesn't have the easiest personal life, but she keeps like going and she gets out of bed and she does it the next day and she keeps going and I'm just really proud of her. And then everybody in between. Um, my students all have very different stories. Some of them are single moms. Some of them um, drive an hour get here some of them are online in another state so they all just have things they're trying to do and I'm just honored I get to help them get there I could go literally I could go on for eight hours about my students but I won't <laughs> like that that passion is is infectious I mean I I can um 
you know, my, my, my experience, not even anywhere near yours, obviously in that, but I gave a, a speech and answered some questions uh, at a local community college um, where I'm from to uh, some hospitality, like one-on-one students. And um, it was very empowering for me to be in a room full of young, eager um, kids who like, you know, they, they coming in advance and they had like questions that they had written out for me. Like they did research. They were actually like thinking uh, ahead of time and like they wanted to know they were so eager to absorb all the information that I could, you know, provide to them. And it was, it was very humbling to be able to have that type of influence on, first of all, such a large number of students that were in the lecture, but also, you know, people who are so fresh on their journey. And it's like yeah. anything that you say could really make or break, or maybe you say one thing that just really resonates with somebody. You maybe you forgot you even said it, but then to that one person, they've clung on for their the rest of their life or the rest of their career. Um, so I, I just, it's you know, it's hard for me to imagine the level of like, um, you know, fulfillment that you would have from yeah. doing your job. But it's certainly easy to tell that you have it. Yeah, I mean, I'm, so, I'm um, more blessed because we have industry partners that are supportive of students. Um, there's so many amazing hotels here, but we, I'll just tell a quick story about a student. She came from Japan, I'll get the year wrong. So let's just say a couple of years ago, probably four or five years ago. Um, and she didn't speak any English and, and she's, uh, but she knew she wanted to get her hotel degree. So she started taking English classes. She enrolled in our program. Whilst she was here, she worked at a couple different amazing hotels. Um, and a restaurant and she just continued to refine herself. And I, I hooked her up with my very good friend, Michael Lures, who's the general manager of the Hampton Inn and Suites downtown Madison, Madison downtown. And she was like, I can't go to the interview. I don't think my English is strong enough. And I'm like, your English is perfect. Like she speaks better English than I do grammatically speaking. So I was like, you've got this girl. So she went and they loved her of course, cause she's magical. And they hired her as like, I think she started off in front desk and then she just has flourished there. She graduated from the program, she got married and she just got offered the guest service manager job there. And I literally, when they told me that I got goosebumps because this is a woman who, you know, four years ago thought I can't even go interview. I can't represent myself. And now she's like, just doing the coolest thing. So it's super, um, it's almost selfishly satisfying because you're like oh I played some sort of role in that so I'm so proud of her and, and also I am more energized now to continue helping students see their own possibilities so it's like this selfish good amazing one like it's the best job in the world everybody says they have the best job in the world but I really think I might have the have the award on that one <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like Honestly, you're you're convincing me now. I want to change my, uh, you want to teach? my oh, profession of oh. hospitality education. <laughs> we need more passionate people. <laughs> so I do. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, hotels need them, too, as well. You know, yeah. that's. It's everywhere. We need a lot. We need passionate people. Yeah. It's it's uh that's that's how you make a difference for sure. Now, um. I do want to play advocate here. So I'm going to hit you with, with, with another question in an age where um, information is free to browse on the internet um, in an age where um, companies are, I think, starting to kind of phase out degree requirements uh, depending on the industry and the job, of course, um, where, skills like emotional intelligence are starting to take a, uh, a lead in, in kind of what is valuable to an individual or to a candidate when in a hiring scenario. How do you approach that in your role, knowing that all, all this is happening? Do you, yeah. um, and, and also in an industry where, you know, people can just start working and then gain experience and learn from there. Like how, how do you fit into that? So it's a great question. It's something we talk about all the time. Um, one of the reasons why I love working at a community college is that we can 
Not that there's anything wrong with textbooks, but we can move away from the lecture, and the assessment, and really have experiential learning embedded in every class. So as an example, in our rooms division operation course, which has this huge, you know, six inch wide textbook, we've moved towards case studies and YouTube videos and real life articles, and then actually getting students out in industry doing uh, leadership interviews and experiential learning and just pushing themselves out there and practicing some of those transferable skills like communication and self-advocacy and collaboration and teamwork. And so when they leave here, yeah, sure, they've read a textbook, but they've also like embedded themselves in the industry. And twofoldly, that allows them to not only experience what's going on in reality in the world of the industry, whatever industry they're going into, it also allows them to find advocates for them for when they graduate, people who will write referral letters, people who will offer internships, which is a requirement of our program, people who will um, hire them. So it's we have kind of, um, as a school of business and applied arts, I think really moved towards how do we make sure that this education is propelling them faster, especially in an industry like ours where, sure, you can start here and go anywhere, but can your own personal grit and the value of your education and the strength of your um, curriculum propel you faster and in a different way? And so for me, that's where education plays a role is that absolutely, I started my, not, not one of my degrees and I have four of them are in hospitality, but every single educational experience has made me a better teacher, better mom, better industry member, all of that stuff. Now, I don't necessarily think I, well, how do I frame this? I want my students to feel like the two-year degree they get here, no matter how long that two-year degree takes them, is as valuable as um, a four-year degree or X number of years in, in the industry, so that they really feel like they can take what they've learned and immediate apply, immediately apply it to their workforce. And that, that has value in the greater Madison, Wisconsin area. People know that students coming out of this program have practiced critical thinking. They have taken a class called Mindset for Success. So they have this entrepreneurial mindset. They have explored different um, areas. They've completed an internship. They've talked about social networking. They've talked about human psychology. So they've kind of dabbled in all of these things. So it means something, um, which I think is incredibly important. I think on the job experience is also very valuable and necessary. So I think for me, the value of this education is the whole person, the whole student approach allows them to hopefully see what brings them joy and what they can be passionate about in a, in a different way. Would you say that, that your, um, that, that Madison area technical college is progressive in that nature because what you're describing to me and and uh granted without with very little exposure i guess to um to other universities and whatnot but it does sound atypical um from what i guess yeah. i would imagine the traditional college and university experience is like for people because in my experience i've been in a position where um you know, I'm 20 years old without a degree managing people who have master's degrees uh, in hospitality below me from from large universities and reputable um, colleges and, and universities. So I guess the value that you're talking about, do you think that that's unique um, and something that is emphasized more so at Madison Area Tech College? Well, I can tell you that um, through this Six plus years I've been here at Madison College, I've been lucky enough to go on quite a few global trips and different conferences. And when, when I and the faculty that go with and the administrators that go with talk about some of the curriculum or innovation or designs that we have going on, the ways we're supporting our students, um, people are like, their minds are blown. They're like, really? You guys are doing that? How are you doing that? And to me, it's just like, because that's what you have to do. But it always makes me feel good and walk even prouder to be part of this college because I do think our president and our provost and everyone um, on the leadership team is enables us to be creative and be innovative and really be the leader in education. 
And I like definitely drink the Madison College Blue. I love everything about this community college. Um, I don't think we're alone in that, but I do think we are supported in a very unique way, which allows us to, to really do things that are creative and fun for the student. As an example, about three years ago, my advisory board um, identified that they, there's a need for some of these transferable skills around communication, working with diversity and generations, um, strategic uh, planning, um, working with challenging customers, whether it's internal, external, a bunch of different competencies. They said, our workforce doesn't have those, but we don't necessarily want them to go back for a full degree. So um, we created uh, a service academy and a, a service champion academy, which was seven courses, seven, seven weeks. And then we created a leadership academy, which was 12 weeks. And they, those classes would fill up so quickly, industry would send them. They would do these capstone projects at the end. People would cry because they were so excited that their, their employer believed in them enough to send them back for these academies. And then they got a certificate at the end. So that was something we did for three years running. And every year we got a grant from the state and every year we were like, we're not gonna get this grant again. Surely somebody else has a cool idea out there, but we kept getting it. So we kept being able to really provide these amazing classes for our employee um, partners for a really reasonable cost for them. And we put 300 plus students through it in the Madison area. And I see them out in industry today and they're still talking about things that they met, that they learned ways which they're still applying them today. So it's just things like that, that I think we really are a leader and we really, um, we really do try. We're not perfect. We've tried things and they've not worked before, but we're, I love that we're willing to try. And I think that's half the battle um, because I bet if you, if, you know, if I were to have the same conversation with the program director of hospitality at you know another university maybe one that isn't doing you know as well as yours and it doesn't have the results that your students have had um i'm sure one thing that we would hear is well we haven't really tried anything new in a while or maybe the curriculum is stale maybe the professors need to be inspired themselves you know things like that um so the fact that, that you are in a culture that supports risk, um, supports entrepreneurial um, thought process and actions is, is truly, um, it's truly remarkable. And I think it says a lot about, um, you know, about the success that your students have had. Yeah. Um, now, I understand you previously before managing your program and managing your students, you uh, were also employed in the hotel industry for some time before that. Tell me a little bit about your on-property hotel experience and yeah. how that shifted into your education career. Sure. So um, I was a first-generation college student. So when I went to college at a, a place called the University of Wisconsin at La Crosse, um, my mom and dad agreed they would pay for my college for the first two years, but I needed to pay for everything else. So my mom encouraged me to get a job at the Hampton Inn um, in La Crosse, Wisconsin, and I did, and I loved it. And I was a front desk agent, um, met one of my dearest college friends there, and she and I um, worked pretty much every shift together. Um, didn't have it. I mostly just worked front desk there, but eventually that same company, who's actually housed out of Madison, Wisconsin, opened a second hotel, which was a Hampton Inn and Suites about 20 minutes from there in a city called Onalaska. And I was asked to go over there and help train the new employees on how to be better hospitalitarians. So I would train them on both the front desk and just how we treat people. And started to get exposed to um, breakfast and, and a couple other things. I didn't really get exposed to other areas till I started with a company called um, Raymond Management Group. And they had me do a manager and training program um, where I would go from a couple different hotels throughout Wisconsin and spend X number of weeks at each one learning maintenance and um, pool and uh, housekeeping, breakfast, ordering, everything. It was really a, a comprehensive, amazing program. And at the end of that, I was offered a, 
assistant general manager position at a hotel actually in Chicago area. I um, lived in Hoffman Estates and Elgin for about seven years of my life, so not too far from you. Um, at one point, I was the dual general manager for both of those properties, and I think I was 24, which I still to this day cannot believe they let me do that, but they did, and I learned real quickly how important it was <laughs> to be a leader. In fact, I was the general manager with um, Christine Trippy, who you interviewed a few weeks ago. Um, she was one of the front desk agents when I was the general manager at the Hampton. Oh, really? Yeah. So I had a lot of fun listening to her podcast, and I absolutely loved watching what she's doing now. She's amazing. Um, so that was really fun. And then, um, yeah, I mean, I, I've been exposed to just about every area of the hotel. The exception to that is I didn't ever work in um, social media, which really just didn't take off until I had already left and sort of education. Um, but for the most part, I've, I've done the jobs that I'm teaching my students to do. And I think that's helpful because I can tell them some of the like really cool stories and then some of the maybe stories I wish I had a little redo button or I could say I should have done that better. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, I, I think like, I mean, just from the years that I've spent working in hotels, it's like every day is a learning experience. Seriously, yeah. like my goal every day when I walk out the door of my hotel is did I learn something new today um, or did I make make an impact in any way, shape or form? Um, so it's it's cool that you were kind of thrown into the, the mix young. I mean, to be a GM, I can't imagine how much pressure you had on your shoulders from ownership and your regionals and everything. Um, and to be able to to carry that on and manage that well at that age, or just in general, being a general manager is hard. So that's that's really yeah. awesome. Actually, uh, that Raymond Management Group, I've heard so many positive things about that management company. Um, somebody that I worked with recently um, at the Drake, um, her name's Natalie. She stop it, Natalie Nicholson. Are you talking yeah. about Natalie Nicholson? Okay, she graduated I from my program. Yeah, exactly. I love Natalie. She, yes. She's awesome. One of the nicest people. And you know what? Let me tell you something. She kills it at the Drake. She was one of my like absolute favorite people to work with. I saw her flourish so much. I mean, truly, awesome. she's amazing. So I, the fact that she's been touched by you in some way and you're connected with her it all makes perfect sense i have no further <laughs> questions about natalie that that's amazing yeah her general manager was the gentleman before michael lures from the hampton and suites madison downtown he was her general manager for a long time for while she was going through the program here um just so that team is amazing and yes that's a room management group and they're awesome i can't say enough good things about them the the amount of times that she referenced not only that general manager but Raymond Management Group her time at that hotel she said the culture at that hotel is basically what mm -hmm. um, caused her to even continue working in a hotel uh, beyond that I mean and honestly I had a very similar experience. Um, Greg was my first ever boss. He was my first front office manager ever okay. for my first job. Okay. And um, the the culture that uh, Greg created in uh, our department was so beautiful. It was something that made me fall in love with, with hospitality. And it, you know, it's something that I carry with me because my I have a very high expectation of the culture of a hotel because I've seen the effects of positive and negative cultures. And I think Natalie's experience with Raymond and at that hotel echoes that that perfectly. And because um, I've seen her disappointed when when the hotel doesn't live up to expectations because she's come from something before. Um, and if she graduated from your program, she's definitely used to to good leadership and good culture and stuff there as well that's very cool that we yeah. <laughs> that we both know her small big world 
exactly exactly you've got christine you've got natalie it's all it's all connected <laughs> <laughs> so i do want to know what um what you think your what's your overall purpose that you for yourself that you have because you've got to have one I, i'm sure you and um what you want your legacy to be yeah so um, it's funny because if you'd asked me 20 years ago, I probably would have said to make a lot of money and to be a, the best whatever, some super higher up. And now that I'm 43 and have kids and a husband and um, friends and family, my legacy, what I want to do is just make a difference every day. I like, I hope that at my funeral, people are like, man, she really did something cool for me, you know, and I hope that even if they don't see the wake right away that when the wake that I leave for the people in my life is um, a positive one and as much as possible so that on those bad days where maybe I'm not the best version of myself, they're sort of like, you're off today. It's okay, Lindy, we got you. Um, so I think, you know, I, I equate um, my legacy to just one of kindness. And I don't want to throw around the term like spread glitter with kindness, but I kind of feel that way. I feel like if I can help people have a better day in small and big ways, then, then this, these moments that I've been gifted on this planet are really well worth it. Well, that's, I guess it's just that simple, you know, money, all that stuff. It doesn't matter. You don't take it to the grave with you and it really doesn't make a difference, but how you treat people and sort of the Maya Angelou people remember how you made them feel. That's, that's my legacy. That's what I want to be known. So maybe that it's the queen of hospitality. Maybe if I want to leave a legacy, that is it. She was the queen of hospitality. <laughs> I love that. I think you're already halfway there. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess um, before we wrap up the interview, I just want to give you the opportunity to say any final words for our listeners, any advice you have for, for, um, for our audience members, and then let us know where we can find your podcast, where we can find you on social media, sure. how anybody can enroll into your program. So I think the advice I would give is that, um, to your listeners is just keep ingraining yourself in hospitality and life, be a lifelong learner. Keep, um, Keep trying when you make mistakes, just you get one more opportunity every day you wake up. So just keep doing your best. Um, stick with hospitality. It really is one of those industries that has these amazing transferable skills that will you'll carry with you for a lifetime, whether you end up in industry or not. Um, my favorite thing to tell people, I actually stole from Oprah, and it's that uh, sometimes you got to do the thing you don't want to do to get you to the thing you do want to do. Trust me, when I was 20, and taking apart HVAC units and putting them back together with the maintenance engineer upset that I had forgotten like a screw or something. I was like, I don't want to be doing this. This is dumb. But now I understand how important it is to have an HVAC that's functional, uh, chief engineer that knows what she's doing and all those good things. So just treat every opportunity as a learning opportunity and keep going. Um, boy, you had asked about I mean, I am on LinkedIn. Basically, if you do a Google search and put in Lene Lavoie, you'll find me on LinkedIn. Our Madison College Hospitality Management Program is on Facebook. We have our own page you could follow. Um, I'm on Twitter. I'm really active on social media. because, And the whole reason I created a podcast was I'm trying to get the story out there of all the cool things our industry does and the amazing things that people in it are doing. So you can certainly also follow my podcast, which is... Um, Pineapple Sessions with Dr. Lenny LeBoy. And um, if you're interested in attending Madison College, whether for, we have embedded credentials too, so you can take a nine credit hospitality assistant, a 30 credit hospitality specialist, or the full 60 credit um, hospitality associate degree. 100% of it is available online if people are in different parts of the country or just want to go at their own pace. And our online programs have all been put through something called Quality Matters. So the hospitality courses in the program are legitimately awesome. And so you can just go to madisoncollege.edu backslash hospitality management, or you can email me directly at llavoy at madisoncollege.edu. And I'm happy to answer any and all questions. Well, 
thank you so much for that information. That's cool. I didn't know that it was 100% online. So that makes it easy for anybody who wants to attend. Um, And thank you so much for just sitting down with us. Like I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation today. Like, Oh, you know what? I have one more question for you actually. Now that I think about it, because this is the reason why I um, even reached out to you in the first place. Tell everybody what a hospitalitarian is. Uh, (laughs) Yes, I can. I wish I had coined this term, but I did not. Uh, Danny Meyer, who owns, um, oh my God, I'm going to forget the name of his restaurant group. Um, Anyway, if you Google Danny Meyer, he's out in New York. He actually wrote a book called Setting the Table. Um, And he refers to it like around chapter three, that refers to us, those of us in the hospitality and servant leader industry as hospitalitarians. Because what we do every day, it's just like, it's in every minute. It's not just a moment thing. It's not transactional, very linear. And so I just loved that term so much. And so it's just kind of stuck with me. Um, We actually read that book in our hospitality leadership class. And we talk about how this isn't just like a one and done thing. So although I wish I could say I had invented the term hospitalitarian, I adapted it from Danny Meyer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the first time I like saw it ever was in one of your LinkedIn posts. And I like literally freaked out when I saw it. I was like, this is the best word I've ever read in my entire life. And I started to use it as well. Um, (laughs) Now I'm definitely gonna have to read that book because that's that's super, super cool. I started using it. I wrote an article recently that I threw that term in there. I mean, it's, it's, it's super fun. And I appreciate you turning me on. That's really awesome. Yeah, you bet. You bet. Yeah, let me know what you think of the book. So anyway, guys. Oh my God, absolutely. I really uh I really look forward to um to reading it and I'll definitely let you know how I like it. Oh. So um I I do uh think we're just about out of time here for our interview again. Thank um it was it was a pleasant conversation i thank you so much for everybody listening you have been listening to hospitality md and we will see you all next week thank you so much 